open your Bible to Psalm 46, and we will be looking at that blessed, wonderful psalm in just a moment. Now, obviously, this is a different day for us at uh, First Baptist Church, uh, but it's not just a different day for us at First Baptist Church. It is a different day for everybody, everywhere, pretty much in the entire world. But what is not different today is God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're going to be looking in His Word today about things we can do that will help us as we journey through what we're going through at this time. Now, I had planned this morning to preach a sermon. I was so excited about it. The title that I had for my sermon, and I will one day still preach the sermon, God willing, was entitled, uh, No Pain, No Gain. And uh, I, I just felt like, oh, that's what I must do. But then uh, when this coronavirus came on the scene uh, and you begin to realize the situation, I thought that is a great sermon or it has potential of being a great sermon. But it, it, it just, it's, it's like we have an elephant in the room and we're not dealing with the elephant. And the elephant is this virus and so what I felt led to do was go to the Word of God and find what would be an appropriate scripture uh, that would help us during this day and hopefully not only help us, but help others as we journey along. So if you look with me in Psalm 46, it's, it's one of the absolutely most wonderful Psalms in the entire Bible. This is the Psalm, you might want to make a little note, that was the catalyst of Martin Luther writing that great, great hymn that we sing so oftentimes in the church or have in years gone by, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It's one of the great hymns of the church. And I don't off top of my head remember uh, the last time we sung that together in church, but that great old hymn has tremendous theology in it. And this was the scripture that inspired Martin Luther to write uh, this this, uh, that song from this portion of Scripture. You know, as I think about Psalm 46, we think about Psalm, the 23rd Psalm, being the great Psalm of comfort. But the fact of the matter is, only God knows how many people and families have been helped and encouraged and comforted during their sickness and during their tragedies and during their trouble. Uh, during their difficulties in life from this blessed, wonderful psalm. So we'll read some of it this morning, and then we'll go back and look specifically at some verses in it. In Psalm 46, in verse number one, the Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall keep her just as the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Then look in verse 10. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Heavenly Father, 
This morning, I pray, dear God, that you will take these blessed words from your word and that the Holy Spirit that inspired them would take them now and use them to help us see reasons that we should not fear. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we might go through, help us, God, to find today direction to help us in that way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. What I want to do this morning, I want to give you, if I have the time, and I'll, I'll just make it work, I want to give you, as I look at this psalm, four reasons why we should not fear. And the first reason we should not fear is, is a wonderful thing, and we see it in verse number 10. We should not fear because God is in control. Now, that always makes me feel better when I know God's in control. In fact, I want you to look in verse 10. That verse says, God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And what we have in verse 10, if you want to mark in your Bible, we literally have twin commands, twin commands. The first command is in the first two, verse, oh, two, two words of verse 10. It says, be still. And, and the idea, if we had the Hebrew word and said, okay, flesh it out, what is it God is saying through that Hebrew word translated in our English words as be still, literally what he's saying is do not panic. No matter what happens in life, do not panic. Easier said than done. Most all of us have gone through things. Some of you may go, be going through things now, and in some ways, uh, uh, the virus that we're dealing with, you, inside you just almost, as you watch the TV and you get the reports, and the latest number that I had, and I'm sure this number now is, is, uh, is almost obsolete, but as of early this morning, there were in the United States 2,885 people reported having the virus. 60 people in the United States have already died from the virus. And by the time this service is over, that number will be, you know, greater than that. And we watch all this and we begin to reflect and think about it. And almost inside you, you, you can just have this feeling of panic. But the Bible tells us, says, be still. In other words, do not panic. And then the, the second part of this twin command is in the remainder of the verse, know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And, and what that is teaching is, is that God is sovereign. God's in control. And so whatever happens, whether we understand it or whether we anything, the fact of the matter is, that's not to say God causes everything. But God allows things to happen. God is in control. And because we know God is in control and because we know God is sovereign, it helps us when we feel like we are about to panic. The second reason that I see in this psalm that we should not fear is because God is our refuge and strength. Look with me in verse 1. We read the verse a moment ago. God is our refuge and strength. If you're a Bible underliner, you ought to underline those little words. He says, God is a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Now, look carefully. Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, 
though its waters roar and be troubled, and though the mountains shake with a swelling. If you, if you circle in your Bible or underline, I wish you'd underline the words earth and mountains. Earth and mountains. Because they are symbols of stability. I mean, what could be more stable than the earth? Now, of course, when you have an earthquake, you see the earth is not as stable as sometimes we think. But be that as it may, in the Bible, when we read about the earth, it's a symbol for stability. Mountains, they are symbols of stability. And what, those, what these two verses are saying to us is when that which is stable becomes unstable, it reminds us of the stability of God. And so we're going through things that, that, that just seems like, well, this, I can't imagine this happening, that happening. No, nor can we imagine the earth moving, nor can we imagine the mountains being carried into the midst of the sea. But the fact is, no matter whether they are stable or, or unstable, the fact is we have a God who is stable. Now, how that translates as I think about that, knowingly, probably not, but unknowingly, we are such a blessed people in our normal life that we don't, I think, at least my own testimony will be, I think sometimes in my mind and perhaps in your mind more than you might realize, you find stability in things that you never really think about being where you find stability. For example, John mentioned a little earlier like the grocery store. We find stability. We say, I'm going to the store and I'm going to buy some groceries. I'm going to get milk and eggs and whatever. And the milk's always there. The egg's always there. Everything's always there. But then now you go into the store and, and like, you know, Dottie keeps sending me to the store to get this and that. She can't, of course, because her immune system go to the store. So I go to the store and I call her on the cell phone saying, um, they don't have this. They don't have that. And she asked me yesterday, well, what do you mean they don't have it? I said, well, let me send you a picture to show you what I mean when I say they don't have it. And I took some beautiful pictures of empty shelves and I sent them to her and I wrote a little text. I said, this is what I mean when I say they don't have it. And what she said was, well, you're in the HEB, go to the Kroger. And I went to the Kroger and I called her on the phone and I said, they don't have it here either. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, do you need more pictures? I'll just keep sending pictures. But the, the fact is like when we go to the store, we just, we think, well, there'll be stability. There'll be, there'll be groceries and milk and eggs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, or we, we turn on the TV. We don't realize it. We find many people, their stability is like, it's Sunday. Normally, there'd be some sporting event to watch all afternoon. And uh, then, like during the football season, like there's the Monday night football, the Thursday night football, the all-day Sunday football. And, uh, you know, so some people, that's kind of where they find their stability. And, and it goes on. Or, or for example, uh, like when you get sick, well, we know we can call the doctor and, and there's medicine and and whether we think of it this way or not, we find it gives us a kind of a feeling of stability. Well, you know, if I, if I get sick, I can call my doctor. I can go to my doctor, and, and uh, they'll, they'll send medicine to the pharmacy. And I can, well, you see, with this virus we're dealing, 
like there is no medicine. I mean, this is what makes this rather different. Uh, there, there, there is no medicine. So you want to do all you can to prevent from getting the virus. And that's what we're all trying to do. And we need to be diligent with that. Don't need to, be, don't need to panic with that. You're just going to have to do the best you can do, 100% best you can do. And, and then remember, God is sovereign. I mean, if we get the virus, God's still sovereign, and, and, and his grace is still sufficient, and, and, and it will work out. And I believe that, and I rest in that. But I want to encourage you to remember that one reason we should, we should not fear uh, is, and it's a very good reason, is because God is, our, God is our refuge and our strength. My strength is not in the HEB store or the Kroger store or the ball games on TV. But you see, we live such a life of just kind of eat, drink, and be merry. And we're so blessed in America to have an abundance of everything that when something kind of puts a halt to the way we are used to thinking and living, it, it kind of, it, it really makes us panic. But we have to go back and remember that he who is stable, he never changes. He's in control. He's our refuge and strength. And because of that, we will not fear. Let me give you a quick third reason that we should not fear. And that is God is always with us. God is always with us. Look in your Bible, if you would, uh, in verse 1. Uh, it says, God's our refuge and strength. A very, here's this next word, if you're a Bible underliner, underline it, present help. God's always present with us. If you look down in verse 7, the Bible says, the Lord of hosts is with us. And what a glorious thing it is to know that and to just, just build our faith on that, that that God is always with us. He's our ever-present help. We're never alone. We may feel alone, but we're not alone. Now, we all believe that. If we're Christians, we, we say, I know, you know, I believe God's with me. The Holy Spirit, when I trusted Jesus, came to live within me. And uh, in the person of the Holy Spirit, I know God is with me. But I, I want to encourage you. During this different time, and it's so easy during this time to really kind of not focus on the fact that God is with us, whatever, we, we could do some things during, during this different time that would help us experience that even in a better way. For example, I want to encourage you, uh, there'll, be, there'll be extra time uh, to do something. And the right and the best something would be to do things that would give you more an awareness of God's being with you. He's with you whether you're aware or not. But it's so much better when we live in that awareness. For example, I would encourage you, read your Bible extra during this time. This would be a great time. If you're behind in your Bible reading, great time to catch up. Uh, if you don't have a Bible reading plan, it'd be a great time to start one. And, and maybe it'd be a good time if you don't have a little prayer journal uh, you don't have to make a monster out of it, but just something to kind of record things that you're praying. And then the next day you look back and see how, how those things, how God's dealing with those things. It'd be a good time. Or maybe to pick up a devotional book. I, I picked one up this morning that, that if time permits, I'm going to read something out of it before this is over. But my, one of my very favorite devotional books is uh, Quiet Moments with God by Lloyd Ogilvy. Uh, I went back this morning Remember the devotion he had about about this verse, be still, know that I am God. And I read that devotion and 
I'd underlined it in years gone by. And, you know, maybe it'd be a good time for you to look on your bookshelf, uh, bookcase, or in your bookcase, and, or wherever you lay little things around. And maybe, maybe pick up one of those devotional books that you've read maybe long ago and have not read in a long time and go back and just be renewed and refreshed by that. Let me tell you another thing that you can do that's such a blessing. We are so blessed at the church through our radio ministry. And on Sunday mornings, on 107 FM, that's Word, every Sunday morning at 8 a.m., John has a program on. The one this morning was one of the best sermons. He had a sermon about, are you a whole person? And it really blessed me as, as he defined what a whole person was. I concluded that I'm not sure I'm uh, make a hundred in anything he laid out. But on Sunday mornings, eight o'clock, um, Dottie and I listen to that every Sunday morning before we get ready to come out to the church. And then listen to this, Monday through Friday, every Monday through Friday at one o'clock in the afternoon and six o'clock in the evening uh, on 100.7 FM, uh, we, John has a radio program on, what, like what you hear at one, you hear again at six. And if you, so if you miss the one, get to six. If you miss six, get to one. But I'm just saying, maybe, maybe you're not going to be, maybe you're going to be kind of working from home and you want to have a little break time. Uh, that is a absolutely wonderful opportunity. And, and not only that radio program, there are other good uh, Bible programs, both on radio and TV, that would, would be a blessing and a wonderful thing, and I encourage you to go in that direction. And then let me mention one other reason why we should not fear. We've said, first of all, we're not going to fear because God's in control. Number two, we're not going to fear because God's our refuge and strength. We're not going to fear because God's always with us. And number four, we're not going to fear because, you've said this before, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. If you look in verse 4, it says, There's a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God. Now, in this context, this is talking about Jerusalem, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. But here's, here's what we know as Christians. Whatever we face in life, we just always need to remember we're going to a better place. We know the end of the story. And we know one day, all of this is going to be behind us, and we're going to move to what God has for us. We know the end of the book. Uh, the virus, you know, this, this is not the first life-changing thing we've experienced. In our 30 years together, while I've been pastor of this church, uh, we've been through hurricanes, and God, He got us through that. Uh, not long ago, the worst flood in the history of Houston, Texas. And many of our members really suffered greatly in that. And many people across the whole area, greatly they, they suffered in that. But the fact of the matter is, God got us through all of that. And God is going to get us through all of that. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking the other day about something, you know, whether you're going through this virus or you've been through a flood or a hurricane or or you've been through some physical issue in life, or, you know, whatever we go through, some financial issue, we all go through things. And, you know, I, I read a little statement the other day that I thought was so good and so appropriate. It says, God does not always keep us out of the fire, but he gets in the fire with us. And that's so true. Whatever we go through, I thought, oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
God doesn't always keep us out of the fire. God does something better than that. God gets in the fire with us. And my encouragement to you today is is that we journey through what we'll be journeying through in these days ahead is to be still and know that God is God and that he's sovereign and he is indeed our refuge and strength. Don't panic. You know, one of the, I've seen a lot of examples of that, but one of the best examples of that that I've seen Maybe in a personal way in my entire life, I saw in my own wife. And uh, this morning she came to church because she knew there'd be no people at church. She can't come right now because she can't pick up an infection. But so today with no people here, she came to church. And being as I have her here, she's not dressed for church at all. She doesn't even know what's about to happen. But, Dottie, I want you to make your way up here. Would you do that? Yes, Dottie. You're the only Dottie over there. (laughs) John will help you up these slippery steps. I I want her to come up here. And I'm going to tell you why I want her to come. Because I want God to get glory in that. The fact of the matter is God is real. And God does what he says. And God says, don't panic. He says, be still. Come in, my, let me get this little microphone. You stay right there, if you will. And uh, she's got on her Sunday clothes. Come <laughs> and uh, come right on here near me. All right, now Dottie, Dottie, of course, has gone through her chemo. In fact, she took chemo for uh, about 350 to 360 hours. That's a long time to take chemo. That's over six treatments. And, and during all six of those treatments, during all of those hours, like I was with her and I watched her and, and I said to myself numbers of times during that, I couldn't do this as good as she's doing that. And she says, oh, yeah, you could. I don't think I could. But here's the amazing thing to me. I watched her in the hospital go through three, two different hospital stays, three days each. Then I watched her go to the outpatient chemo and go in the little room and she'd climb up on the bed and then hook up all that stuff and turn on that chemo. But Dottie, here's the deal. You never did panic. Now you're panicking right now. <laughs> but I, no, here's what I want you to do. I want you really just, just share with the people. I mean, hopefully they're not going to go through what you went through, but we all go through stuff. And the devil would have us panic. How did you not panic going through all of that? I did not panic because I knew that God's presence was with me. Every moment of every day, I felt his presence. And the scriptures say, what time you are afraid, trust in God. And I thought, being afraid and trusting do not go together. So I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to trust you, God. You had the power to help me go through this. And I read in the, I just read in, the, in Ephesians last week where uh, uh, the scriptures say that the power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is the power that as believers that he gives us today, that whatever we go through, and like I told Dr. Rodriguez, I'm good with that. 
I am good with that. My time is in his hands. So whichever way that is, okay with me. And I felt that way the whole time, and I felt his presence, and I felt that power, and I knew that he was going to see me through everything that I had to go through, just like how do I talk to that? Just like, <laughs> they're here, it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> just like I went through that, whatever, by the power of God's word, that you have to go through, or I have to go through, we don't go through it by ourselves. And as long as he is with us, we have nothing to fear. So it was his presence and his power that he gave me, that he gives to all of his believers. And I thank him and I praise his holy name that he never, ever left my side. I thank you for sharing that. Well, you know, why would I tell you you, you can do it better than that? She did do it. And uh, in fact, she not only didn't panic in the outpatient chemo, she had climbed up on that bed and uh, I had a little chair. I would sit there by the bed and, and uh, they'd hook her all up and turn it on and she'd go to sleep and she slept like a little baby. I thought, my gracious, you talk about the peace of God. I'm saying this to you today. Whatever you go through, there is a God and here's what he tells us. He says, be still, don't panic. And know that I am God. Now, to experience that, you must have God living in you. You, you won't experience that just hearing me or somebody else tell you that. And my question this morning would be, has there been a time in your life where you've realized that you were a sinner and you felt something saying to you, you need to ask God to forgive you of your sins and invite him to come into your heart and life and be your Lord and Savior? I want you to bow with me wherever you are, if you're where you can bow. And maybe if you've never done that or you're not sure if you have done that, this morning, this might be the morning that God has for you. You'll just feel something on the inside that will make it clear God's speaking. God's speaking. And you just pray this little simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner and I, I need a Savior. And Jesus, I'm trusting you now to forgive me of my sins. And I'm asking you to come into my life, make me a Christian. Others this morning, you may say, Pastor, I've prayed that prayer or something like that so many times I couldn't even count the number, but I don't have peace. I'm saying this to you this morning. You need to settle your salvation. Here's how you do that. Pray a little prayer like this. Say, Lord, maybe I'm already saved. But I may not, I don't have peace about it. And this morning, God, if I'm already saved, thank you, give me peace about it. But God, if I don't have a peace about it, I'm asking you this morning, forgive me of my sins, come into my life, make me a Christian. I trust you, Jesus, for my salvation. Thank you today. Oh, God, thank you today. I have settled my salvation. Now, Lord, you know every person that has joined us for worship. You know every need out there. You know each of us, God. And I pray that, I just pray somehow the Holy Spirit would remind us, don't panic. Be still and know that God is God. Is my prayer in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.